What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Book of Jew. Today, we're going to discuss Will Smith, the slap to Chris Rock. <laughs> Just kidding. We're going to be discussing the Bible. So as promised, we're going to look at some variants. Now, let remember, 400,000 variants, and only 1% of those are deemed to be uh, meaningful and, and viable. And to be quite honest, I'm going to go with uh, Dan Wallace. He's the leading scholar in the New Testament. Um, he has a lot of information, and he would even say one-fourth of that 1%. So he, he, he wouldn't even say 1%. So let's go over some more examples of variants. Some of these are going to be hard to do because it's better to have a visual. I'll tell you right now, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, I'm going to be posting some pictures, some visuals that will help. And it's, it's the exact ones I'm going to be talking about as follows, okay? So the first kind of variant I want to talk about is the expansion of piety. So what does that mean? It's making names and titles longer. So if I said, uh, my name is Tim, my name is Tim Jude, you can call me Chaplain Tim Jude. You can also call me Pastor Tim Jude. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? So these are examples of the variants that part of the 1%, part of the 1%. Um, it's the expansion of piety. So it's Jesus, the Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ, and etc. So we might see in different manuscripts the expansion of the titles. When, when you see Jesus just Jesus, that's Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Matthew 14, 18, 12, 25, Mark 2, 15, 10, 52, Luke 24, 36, 2 Corinthians 5, 18. They use Jesus. And then we'll see Lord Jesus, that's Acts 19, 10. Then we'll see Jesus Christ, that's 1 Corinthians 16, 22. Then we'll see just only Christ. Acts 15, 11, 16, 31, 19, 4, 1 Corinthians 5, 4, 9, 1, 2 Corinthians 11, 31, 2 Corinthians 1, 8 and 12, Hebrews 3, 1, 1 John 1, 7, Revelation 1, 9, 12, 17, 1 Thessalonians 3, 11. That's where we'll see Christ. Then we just have Lord, 2 Corinthians 4, 10. And then lastly, we have the Lord. Second John 3. Oh no, these are all variants. These are part of the 1%. My goodness, my goodness. What, who's the Lord? Oh, my, whoever's the Lord is the Christ. Well, we see Jesus Christ. We see Lord Jesus. We see Je this. These are the, the things we should be worried about. No, no. That was, a, that was a long list. That was a long list. Now, we also have... Let's look at one of these other terrible, terrible uh, variant that's part of the 1%. Mark 1, 14, NASB. Now, after John was taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God. But now let's look at Mark 1, 14 in the King James Version. Now, after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. So the word the kingdom is different. Oh my goodness. What are we going to do? 
Now, I'm just using New King James Version and the NASB Version just to give you an example of an earlier manuscript versus a later. All right. I'm not saying one is bad and one's not. I'm just telling you um, what kind of differences we see when people say there's 400,000 variants, 1% are meaningful. These are part of the 1%. Okay. And I just want to see if it's going to rock your uh, theology, rock your faith a little bit. Uh, it's not. Uh, let's look at Matthew 24, 36. We're looking at uh, li listening for the phrase, nor the son. This phrase is found in other gospels and, and the verse is, in, is the same either way. So we're listening for nor, nor the son. So Matthew 24, 36, New King James, uh, or one manuscript says, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. Okay, so that's what one reading says. The other reading says, but concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the son, but the father only. Do you see? You, you've heard them both ways or you've heard them one way. Again, is that rock in your faith in any way? Let's look at another one. There's so many. Matthew 21, 12. Then Jesus went to the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables, da 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 Let's start the other one. And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold, wait a minute, temple of God or just the temple? Which temple would Jesus would have been in? Uh, this we have to know. <laughs> We also have, this is very interesting. I don't have time to go through all these, but uh, Mark seven sixteen, In one, in, in one uh, New King James, if you read the New King James Version, you'll see in, if anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Now, if you go to the NIV, it's blank. That's that, that passage, that, that's not there. Uh, let's, let's do another one. Matthew eight twenty nine, um, new King James version. And then we'll use the NIV. So the new King James, and suddenly they cried out saying, what have we to do with you, Jesus, you son of God? Uh, I think this is the, when the demons are talking to him, what have, what have we, what have we to do with you, Jesus? The NIV says, what have Lord have mercy. What do you want with us? What do you want with us, son of God? They don't say Jesus. So in some manuscripts, they say Jesus. Some manuscripts, it is omitted. So in situations like that, uh, I would suggest that a later scribe said, you know what? They, they said son of God. We're going to put Jesus in here just so everybody knows. <laughs> I mean, it could be something as simple as that, you know. All right, what's next? Matthew twenty sixteen. Matthew twenty sixteen. So the last will be first and the first last. For many are called, but few are chosen. Uh, in the NIV, it just says, so the last will be first and the first will be last. It doesn't have for many are called, but few are chosen. What about Matthew 25, 13? In the NIV, it says, Therefore keep watch, because you do, not ha you do not know the day nor the hour. Other manuscripts say, 
Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Okay, I'm still a Christian. This isn't messing with me. Uh, let's look at Matthew 27:35. The NASB says, And when they had crucified him, they divided up his garments among themselves by casting lots. The New King James Version says, Then they crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots. And then it has this, That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So whoever added this to the manuscripts and it carried on, they're just drawing our attention to the Old Testament, the prophecy that Matthew 27, 35 is supposed to be for, right? So remember, if you, if you knew the Old Testament, you don't need that, or maybe you do need it. It's a helpful addition. It's like a marginal note. Again, it's just it's, somebody's trying to be helpful. Um, Mark 9, 44 Verse 44, 46, and 48, New King James Version, which is representing some manuscripts, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Well, in the NASV, uh, the, it, th this phrase is only in verse 48 only, not 44 and 46, just 48. So this is a question of how many times did Jesus say it? He definitely said it, we just don't know how many times. So another addition. Uh, let's look at Matthew 15, 8. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In other manuscripts, Matthew 15, 8, and this is, uh, you can look at your King James Version. This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So they add the first part of um, talking about the, the mouth. Then the lips, then heart is far from me. Revelation 1.4, the HCSB version says to the seven churches in Asia, grace and peace to you from the one who is, who was, and who is coming from the seven spirits before his throne. NKJV says to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and was. So the one versus him. All right. Uh, this, this one's very good. I, I don't want to, let's see, how much do I want to say? I'm very excited about our next series, so I, I don't want to say too much, but here it's interesting because John is using bad grammar on purpose and he actually does that often in Revelation. So the phrase from him, it actually needs fixed. If you were reading this, you would, you would see like, whoa, what is John? He's using bad grammar. Uh, but it's like in the middle of John's sentence, what he's doing is he's quoting the Old Testament on purpose. He's wanting you to see, whoa, 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 what, what, just, what just happened? John, John knows Greek. John knows what he's doing. John knows the Torah. John knows the Tanakh, the whole thing. I mean, what, what's going on? Well, he's doing it on purpose. Now, I'm not going to get into the rest of it because we have a great series that's going to be coming up in season three. All right. Mark 3.32, and the multitude said, uh, they're telling Jesus that, behold, thy mother, thy brethren want to, want to speak to you. It's seek to thee. 
But in the ESV, it says your mother and your brother and sisters are outside asking for you. So they added the sisters. Uh, well, we know um, in other books, other gospels that Jesus had brothers. Jesus had a mother. Jesus had brothers. And he also had sisters. We just don't know. The brothers are named, but we don't know how many sisters he had. We just know more than one because it says sisters, not only in this uh, manuscript, but others. So the big variant there is that his sisters want him as well, or is just his brothers and mother seeking him? All right. So who cares, right? Who cares? Uh, next, we have Mark 7, 9. Mark 7, 9. I hope you're thinking, well, this is pretty boring. Well, this is what they're talking about. This is why you can't trust your Bible. Mark 7, 9, the King James. And he said to them, full well, ye reject the commandment of God that ye may keep your own tradition. In the ESV, if you can believe it or not, it says you have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. So is it keep or is it establish? My goodness. I'm going to, you know, this one's too hard for me. I'm going to leave this to you to, to figure it out. All right. One, one more crazy one. And then we're going to get into the real major variants. Mark 10, 24 children, you know, the disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? Uh, another one says the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered them and said, children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? So, um, one of these are correct. And one of these are not one of these are authentic. One of these are not, it's the, there's, it's saying the same thing. It's saying the same thing. And, um, so here's, here's one good one. Okay. So we're, we're finally to some good variants. John five, four, look in your Bible and look at John five, four, because many of you, some of you might not even find verse four, because in some manuscripts, there is a John five, four that says for an angel came down and at certain times to the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever stepped in it first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. This is the pool of Bethesda. And in some Bibles, it's going to go from John 5, 3 to John 5, 5. It won't even have verse 4. But Look at the bottom. Look at the footnotes of your Bible. Make this a good habit to looking at the footnotes because it's going to tell you this is omitted from some manuscripts. So I here's what this is. This is definitely a uh, marginal note on the manuscripts. Now, why do I say that? Uh, this was a belief. This was a tradition. And this... This was what they believed. That's why all these people were hanging out, those who were sick, at the pool of Bethesda. They were wanting to be uh, uh, let down into the pool. And so I don't know if at one time in the past an angel came, stirred it, and the first person that got in was healed. I don't know. But this portion was, I believe, a marginal note, and eventually it got put into some manuscripts. So
Book of Jude audience, check out Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Book of Tim Jude, T-I-M-J-U-D-E. I post frequently. I give information, specific information about the uh, episodes and series that we are going through, things that I cannot fit into the episode time. Um, we can also interact. And as always, prayer requests are welcome. Love to pray for you. So hop on over there. Check us out at Book of Tim Jude. So here we go. Mark chapter 9, verse 29. And he said to them, this kind cannot come out by anything but prayer. This kind cannot come out by anything but prayer. This is Jesus talking to the disciples and them failing to exercise a demon. So um, that's the shorter reading of that. And that's probably the most authentic. Um, Other, I think later manuscripts have uh, this kind cannot only be cast out by prayer and fasting. So all the, all the translations will say this kind cannot be cast out only by prayer, however it says it. But what is added is and fasting. Now, the reason why I would say and most scholars would say that the shorter reading is the most authentic, someone adding fasting, like this is the only place, you know, systematic theology is important. So if you see this here, we're able to look at all the manuscripts And we're able to look at the entire New Testament and say, okay, does this show up anywhere else? No, this is the only place in the New Testament that fasting is a requirement in any aspect of a Christian's life. So that's why we think and fasting was added later. And I'm going to read you my um, study Bible notes here. Uh, Perhaps overconfident from their, the disciples, earlier successes the disciples became enamored with their own gifts and neglected to draw on divine power. So the study notes saying, yeah, maybe maybe they needed to be in prayer more than exercising their spiritual gifts that was given to them by, by God. So uh, that's just one way to look at it, but that's, that's one um, of the variants. Another variant, which is really cool. So let's go to Revelation 13. 18. Revelation 13:18. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for the number is that of a man, and his number is 666. So everyone knows that. When we talk about the mark of the beast, uh, the Antichrist, anytime that comes up, the number 666 comes up. So uh, in 1843, a German scholar uh, his name is Konstantin von Tischendorf. That's right. <laughs> he discovered an early Greek New Testament manuscript. But guess what? That, and it's called Codex C if you want to look it up. That has the number of the beast as 616. Now, I bring this up because I, I actually bring his name up because he's actually the man a year later this lucky guy, uh, St. Catherine's Monastery at Mount, Mount Sinai, he discovered the Codex Sinaiticus, which is our oldest complete New Testament. But going back to 1843, he discovered uh, a Greek New Testament, 
but it was the mark of the beast was 616. Let's move ahead in time. Actually, not too long ago, I hope you agree with me, 1998. <laughs> that wasn't that long ago. I don't care what you say. 1998, Oxford University. Uh, this was discovered. It was 17 New Testament papyri. And they were published um, in 1998, but a hundred they were d dug up 100 years earlier. So they dug them up. It they got to Oxford University, but in 1998, uh, the 17 New Testament papyri was published so everyone could see them. So they were in the museum. This is one of the oldest fragment of Revelation. It's 26 little postage stamp sized fragments spread over nine chapters in Revelation. And guess what the mark of the beast there is? 616. So it's interesting. It's very interesting. And these are variants. These, this is part of the 1%. Um, it's interesting, but here's, here's the question. So if you believe that, you know, the mark of the beast is, is, is going to be in our future and we're going to be, uh, have to choose to make it. And we're looking for these signs and everything. And, and if we're going off Revelation, and, I, and I'm kind of uh, being funny here, but let's let's go to to this. Uh, if we're going off Revelation, uh, it's going to be on our forehead or our hand, correct? Now I don't believe this, but I'm just I'm just let's go with this thought that most Christians unfortunately have. So what do we do with that? Because oh man, I know I'm not supposed to get six six six. And now we have evidence that the mark of the beast might be 616. What on earth am I supposed to do? Okay, I'm not getting 666 on my body and I'm not getting 616. You know what? Let's anything, 600, anything. I'm not getting anything that starts with a six. How about that? <laughs> now, this is interesting, but I don't think it's important. Whether it's 666 or 616 or whether we can ever figure out what that means anyway, um, this would not destroy our theological beliefs. What, what, are, what, are our, what are some staples in our religion, our belief system? The virgin birth, the cross, the empty tomb, and is it 666 or 616? Which one do I go away from, you know, it, it, it doesn't affect anything, but you know, th those are some, those are some variants, very interesting, very interesting, but nothing that's going to, uh, change my, uh, theological beliefs. I say this because it's, it's so important. Um, the, and I think I brought it up before the Da Vinci code, uh, by Dan Brown, I think the, the um, the books, the movies, um, there's some theology in there. Very, very bad theology, but theology indeed. And what they taught in this fictional book and to the fictional movie, A.D. 325, Council of Nicaea, Emperor Constantine invented the deity of Christ. And one of the characters, C. Uh, Sir Lee teabing uh, until that moment in history jesus was viewed by his followers by a a mortal prophet 
a great and powerful man, but a man nonetheless. Until that moment in history, which moment? The Council of Nicaea, where Emperor Constantine invented the deity of Christ. Now, that's not true. None of that is true. In fact, if you hear me talk about the Council of Nicaea in this context, I would refer to it as the Nicaean myth, because that is not true. Um, the deity of Christ, Emperor Constantine had nothing to do with the deity of Christ, right? Right? So uh, let, let's look at uh, P66. If you're searching it, P66. It's one of the oldest manuscripts of John's Gospel. It's dated 150 years before the Council of Nicaea. And it is John 1 1. John 1 1. Do you know what John 1 1 is? So we know that the original Gospel of John is way before the Council of Nicaea, right? And we know, but we have we have uh, P66, which is 150 years before Council of Nicaea. So no, so this is our proof that no one invented, especially Emperor Constantine, no one invented the deity of Christ. No one did it at the Council of Nicaea. And if we're Christians, we know that no one you know, created this thing, this quote from a character, a fictional character has formed people's theological beliefs. That's what's, why am I talking about this? People will say, well, at the Council of Nicaea, no, they're, they're getting their knowledge from a fictional book or movie. Now, what does John 1, 1 say? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And of course, he's talking about the deity of Christ. But we we actually have P66, oldest manuscript of John's Gospel, dated 150 years before 325, and it's John 1.1. That's amazing, right? That That's cool that we have that, but it's just... You know, when people were, were, I'm trying to critically go through this to, um, that's why I'm sharing years and, and titles to P66. That's what you search for. Um, you know, when people say, well, how do you know? Well, well, our first, our first instinct is to say, well, it's in his word. It's in the Bible. Well, they don't want to hear that. So they want to hear facts like this, like, well, 150 years before this council took place, John's gospel, a copy of it was available. So no one invented the deity of Christ. All right, let's look at this. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. Therefore, we never stop thanking God that when you received his message from us, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which of course it is. And this word continues to work in you who believe. They believed that they were writing Theonoustos. You know, when I started this whole thing, I said one of the reasons I got into this was all scripture is God-breathed. 
2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for re uh, correction, for training, righteousness. So this is the verse that got me, it was, it was where the trajectory started and got me uh, into all of this. If Paul is writing a letter to Timothy telling him that all scripture, at, at face value, I'm saying, well, he's referring to the Old Testament only. And now I have to find out how the New Testament is is in, inspired by God, right? That's how it all started. And lo and behold, I went searching into uh, files and I finally found uh, my paper on the inspiration of scripture when I was in seminary. And I'm going to read just a, a little bit of it to you. So drawing our attention back to 1 Thessalonians 2.13, in this passage of Scripture, we notice that Paul believes that the messages are divine and their words are the words of God. Now, this is this is a starting point. So this is not, if, if Paul writes down all Scripture's theonoustos, then, and then we see here in 1 Thessalonians 2.13 that he believes his words are theonoustos, uh, that's a good starting point. Now, the question is, did God approve of this? I'm being, I'm being very critical. I'm not just, you know, this is very important. If we, if we, if our foundation is God, the father, son, Holy spirit, and his word, then we need to be very critical. I, I'm absolutely. So let's, let's see if the Lord Jesus approved of this. But before we get into the Lord approving their written words uh, and even their spoken words, let's just approve them all at the same time. Matthew ten fourteen says, if any household or town refuses to welcome you or listen to your message, this is where he says, kick the dust off your sandals and leave. Uh, later on in the chapter, Matthew ten forty. Uh, if any house, if, if, or sorry, any who receives you receives me and any who receives me receives the father who sent me. So he's saying that, uh, I approve, I approve of what you're doing. He's, he's obviously, he's sending out the apostles. Um, John 13, 20, I tell you the truth. Anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me. And anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the Father who sent me. So that's John's take on it. Um, so we see that the, these disciples, and not at the time, but including Paul, because remember the post-resurrected Jesus came down in a, and handpicked Paul uh, in his story. And so these men were handpicked and sent out, and so they were approved. So in these three passages that I just read, we not only see the approval of Jesus' Jesus towards his disciples, we see that many will receive him through his disciples. And so this gives us a clear picture of their uh, work and writings, possibly being from the Holy Spirit, which has given them, which was given to them by the, by the helper, Holy Spirit. Uh, speaking of the Spirit, in John chapter 16, Jesus clearly tells his disciples that the Holy Spirit will give them additional messages, and it all comes from the Father, the Son, through the Holy Spirit. Many have 
question their ability to remember all the teachings of Christ. But as we see in John 14, Jesus has taken care of that as well. John 14, 26. Now, this is the verse of many, but this is my number one verse uh, that I go to when it comes to the writings of the apostles. But when the Father sends the Advocate, that's the Holy Spirit, when the Father sends the Advocate, remember Jesus saying, I have to go because the Father is going to send the Father and he is going to send the, the Holy Spirit. So John 14, 26, but when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Bam. That was it for me. I mean, that, that was an important verse for me. Jesus taught his disciples and sent them to teach others. He promised the Holy Spirit would assist them in their ministry. Additionally, the apostles believed their work and words were all from God. There are also examples of them acknowledging each other's work. And we went over that in past episodes. 1 Timothy 5.18, 2 Peter 3.15-16, and Jude 17 and 18. All reference another apostle's writings as scripture. This is huge when you look at the grander scale. Jesus and his disciples claim the Old Testament to be of to have authority. Uh, Jesus' words are authority. Jesus' disciples through him and the Holy Spirit had authority. And the disciples acknowledged authority between each other's writings and teachings. So through Jesus, we can see the following. The Old Testament is inspired. The words of Christ are inspired. The words of the apostles are inspired. Therefore, we have the Old and the New Testament being inspired by God, being theanoustas. They all connect to show how the Old Testament, how the New Testament are both inspired by the same God. If the book is then God-inspired, then it becomes God's book. The message of God has been preserved and will remain as the canon, the measuring stick for all generations to come. The fact remains that humankind needed a divine revelation understood in the human language. How else would God reveal his words to us in, if not in our own language? This is precisely why this occurred the way it did. Even though many debate the subject and will continue to do so, it all comes down to believing and not believing. If you don't take the life of Christ for truth, then you're not a Christian. If you don't believe in the words of Jesus, then you're not a Christian. It's that simple. This cannot be sliced any other way. If Jesus confirmed scripture through the Old Testament and his disciples, then the case is closed. Unbelief in the inspiration of scripture is unbelief in him. So it is correct to say and believe that we do not have the originals. But what we have is the message of God, which is inspired through humans because that's what he decided to do. So from Genesis to Revelation, we encounter the one God who started it all and the one who will end it all. All the while, he worked with us and through us. The Bible's message is truly inspired by one true God. Now you say, Chaplain Tim, that's kind of that's kind of rough. If I don't believe Jesus, if I don't believe the Bible is God's word, if I don't believe Jesus' words 
if I don't, you know, maybe I just believe that Jesus existed and, and just his words. Maybe I just read the red letters. Maybe I don't believe in the whole Bible. No, 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 no. Listen, did you hear what I just said? If you're not, if you're not there, you're not a Christian. Don't call yourself a Christian and group yourself in with me. If you think that everyone is getting to God, whom I call Yahweh, uh, by many roads, many roads, uh, Jesus is not the only way. There, there's there's a universality of of ways to get to Yahweh or get to you know whoever you call God. No, that that's fine that you believe that way, but you're not a Christian. I I think I've I've proved that point very well. Um, I think I've made that clear. Jesus affirmed the Old Testament. Jesus is the new covenant. Jesus affirmed his uh, disciples in their words. The Holy Spirit came down and reminded them. Uh, and our Old and New Testament are inspired by God. I don't know how else to make it clear to you. If you do not believe that, I didn't say if you do, if you have trouble believing that, that, that's okay. But guess if you have trouble believing that, if you believe, if you go on the atheist websites and see all the contradictions in the Bible, and you, if listen, you have to put in work, because I don't care anything else in your life. You have to put in work. If this this is about salvation, this is about what you believe is going to take place after you die. Yeah, you got to put in hours of work, uh, like I have and like many others have. People are going to show up, an atheist is going to show up and, and draw on the contradictions of the Bible. This is nothing new. The haters are going to come and go. This is nothing new. They, they've been there forever. But I'm telling you, in 2022, holding your Old and New Testament in multiple uh, translations, even in the Greek and Hebrew, if you read both languages, but, you know, an ESV, an NASB, and, and so many others. Now, there are some that you need to stay away from, but that's another episode. <laughs> but I'm telling you to have the confidence of holding your Bible and knowing that God has preserved his message throughout the centuries, the many centuries that have occurred uh, since the originals. Yeah, we don't have the originals. But we have too much. We have so many copies. We know exactly what it should say. So have the confidence of knowing. Listen, the those people are going to say, well, what about this? What about this? This is why we have been doing the series. Yes, this has been a long journey. This was a lot of work. I've only scratched the surface, believe it or not. I'm about to give you um, some very good resources to use. Uh, to go further. If this has sparked something in you that you want to go further, then I'm going to give you some resources. I can only do so much. I only have so much time, right? So there's so much more to do. But listen, this was a good series. This has laid the foundation that you need to uh, go up against anyone who says, well, what about this? What about that? You know, um, like I, I think I said this in maybe one of the episodes, if someone says, well, there's lots of contradictions in the Bible, your response should say, give me your best one. Give me your best one. All right, we are going to end there for this episode. The next episode, we have plenty more New Testament textual variants that we are going to discuss in detail. So until next time, go make disciples.